This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. You with me, Lauren Jacobs, today. Welcome to Voice of Change on Cape Pulpit. I hope that you've been having a wonderful, wonderful week. Today on the show, we are still thinking, reflecting, commemorating, and celebrating Children's Month for the whole month of June. Now, this week, I really wanted to go into territory that I've been really reflecting on for some time, and that is motherhood and alcoholism. Now, we see on social media a lot of posts about this mom wine culture we see a lot of posts about you know moms just drinking and it's become quite you know a propaganda reality in that it looks very fun and it looks like everybody's living their best life but actually there is quite a dark side to it and also you know dealing with alcoholism and motherhood is a very very deep topic so I've called on life coach author and amazing mom Rosemary O'Connor and she is a fantastic life coach, a speaker facilitator. She also has written a book on recovery and she herself has a story of recovery and she is going to be sharing such beautiful things with us today. So I really want you to tune on in, listen in closely and you know what, if maybe you have a family member that you're concerned about today and you want them to tune in, well send them a quick message while we enjoy the song and say hey, Tune on in to Voice of Change. Tune on in to K-Pulpit. Yes, yes, I know that maybe you're not feeling like you want to right now, but there's something I want to share with you. Tune on in because Lauren and Rosemary have a lot to share with you today. So enjoy some music and Rosemary is with me after this. Rosemary, it is so good to have you with me today. I'm really, really looking forward to our conversation. And also, I am really looking forward to inform the listeners about what we're going to be sharing today. We're going to be talking about overcoming addiction. We're going to be talking about motherhood and alcoholism. We're going to be talking about a lot of those things. And I think that the listeners are going to be really, really keen. But before we get into that, thank you so much for being with me today. It's such a treat and welcome to the show. Uh, well, thanks for having me. I, yeah, I always look forward to um, connecting with other people doing fabulous work in the world. Mm. So. Well, thank you. It's going to, it's going to be great. I think, you know, today you help so many moms and also not just moms, children as well, but for today's show, I know we're going to be talking about moms and you help so many moms overcome addiction, you know, and just those who are in recovery as well, but you have your own story of recovery. And I guess that's maybe where this, everything, you know, kind of sprouted out from, if we could say, tell us a bit about your own story. Sure. Um, yeah um gosh uh <laughs> i um you know i i uh, grew up with all the privileges a girl could want and a wonderful family and um i um you know i come from a legacy of high functioning alcoholics which means on the outside everything looks good but inside normally there's a lot of um uh trauma that's gone on internally mm-hmm. and so long story short um i was married i had two or i had three kids they were two five and eight and we were separated and um just all the feelings that came up the fear the 
um, anger, the, you know, how was I going to raise these kids on my own? Um, you know, it, my last drink was, um, I, I hired, get a load of this. My kids were two, five and eight. Mm-hmm. I hired a 10 year old babysitter, um, mm-hmm. to come watch my kids. I left at 7 PM and said, I'd be back in a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Well, long story short, I didn't come home and I ended up in, you know, a stranger's bed Mm. And um, I walked through the door the next day and, um, you know, there sat my three kids with their big eyes, um, you know, mouth open. And, you know, I was still drunk. I had gone to this fancy ball the night before. So I still mm. had on this sequin dress that had throw up all over it. Um, mm. I had one shoe. My hair was in shambles. And... Um, you know, that's not the kind of mother I set out to be. Hmm. I loved my children more than life itself. And um, I would do anything for those kids. Hmm. And, um, you know, my soon-to-be ex-husband was there, uh, my best friend. And I just was filled with this guilt, remorse, and shame, and fear. And my ex-husband to be um said okay come on kids gather your stuff we're going to my house and and my also my best friend looked at me and said you've got to get a hold of yourself and mm-hmm. so then my little five-year-old uh he grabbed a hold of my leg and he looked up with his big blue eyes into my eyes and said mommy are you okay mm-hmm. and i said no I, i'm not and that was the first time i felt like i really got honest with another person mm-hmm. and so that was the end of my drinking um you know i i was like the soccer mom i was very involved in the kids mm-hmm. lives and still had friends a good job and i couldn't understand why inside i was so miserable i knew nothing about alcoholism or addiction mm-hmm until I decided to get sober. Mm. So, wow. so that began yeah, the that, journey. That, yeah, that night, when just one last thing, that night I said to myself, if I don't do something now, um, you know, I, I'll never do it. And because there were many, many times I said, oh, I'll never drink again, I'll never drink again. And then five o'clock rolled around and um, I was drinking. Mm. Yeah. It's so incredible, though, that you said it was the first time you had been honest with yourself and it was, you know, that moment with your child, a five-year-old, you're a five-year-old. And it's people think that it has to be that you kind of only get honest when you sometimes go to an AA meeting or, you know, when you're around other people, but there could be, you know, many, many different realities that bring you to that point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. I think it was just, you know, looking into these, just connecting with him and knowing I didn't want to be that kind of mother. And I was, you know, trying to pretend I was fine. Mm -hmm. And there was just something in that moment. I mean, normally I would have said, oh, no, mommy's fine. Right. But I don't know. The words came out of my mouth when I looked at him and said, mommy's not fine. Mm -hmm. And um you know, it was just this horrific moment in the house and the kids were crying and I was crying and my ex was shaking his head at me. I mean, it was just like a tornado. I mean, I can literally still feel it in my body Yeah. almost 23 years later. That's how, um, mm. yeah. 
The depth of it is still there. We always say, and I know that there's that great book called Your Body Keeps the Score. Oh, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And those moments that happen in our lives and we feel it, like you said. I know many people and I have friends that say they know exactly where they were. Friends in the States that say they know exactly where they were on 9-11, even though they weren't in New York, right? You can still remember that moment because it was such a traumatic moment for a nation. Right. And yeah, it's kind of like saying, you know, your body remembers. You know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, you were saying, you know, alcoholism and addiction, they are root causes of these things. And oftentimes it's in our family as well. So was that something that you had to look at, you know, definitely like with your family, where does this come from? Looking deeper inside. Absolutely. Um, You know, I thought that a drug addict or an alcoholic was the guy on the park bench with the bottle you know, in, mm. in the bag and um, homeless. And mm. I knew nothing about it. I mean, we do know, thank God, with science and all the research that it is a brain disease. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it just is in the lineage of my family. But because on the outside, everything looks so good, um, I, I I didn't understand it. So I made a commitment to myself in the first year that um, I would do everything I could to learn about this disease. And Mm. um, I didn't think I had it, but I was talking to my mentor at that time. And I said, you know, well, some days I can have nothing to drink. Some days I can just have two. And then other days, I don't know, I ended up with 10 or 20. I lose count. And Mm. she said, um, and I was kind of arguing with her, no, I don't have a problem because I can, you know, manage it or... I can go for X amount of days or whatever and not drink. But it the thing is, it's not about how much hmm. or how often you drink. It's about what happens when you drink. Hmm. So she had asked me, she said, okay, Rosemary, when you wake up in the morning, do you know if it's going to be a zero-day drink or a 10-day drink? And I thought, oh, my gosh. I could really feel that the draw to it that, it was choosing me if that, I mean, I know that's, yeah. well, I knew I couldn't control it. That that's the point. And mm. the fact that I felt like I couldn't control it really scared me, really scared me. Mm. Well, that's so, that's, it's, I think this is so important. And, and what I've also heard from, you know, if we go over to motherhood as well, there are so many moms that say, you know, motherhood is hard and I'm taking care of my children. I don't re- you know, they kind of becomes that off balance where you're not taking care of yourself. And then it becomes easy because you're feeling overwhelmed to kind of fall into kind of behaviors that become behaviors of addiction. Like you said, behaviors where it's controlling you and you're not in control. So you might just go to, a, a, you know, a, a game with um, other moms and then suddenly, you know, there's alcohol there. And that's something that we've seen a lot of, aren't we, now with motherhood. We've seen that this almost this mommy wine culture has become very, you know, kind of prevalent, I want to say, because we see T-shirts when we go to the shop, you know, about this mommy with holding the, the wine and these jokes and these memes and social media and these moms with, with you know, sitting in their closet like drinking and it's like quite funny. It's supposed to stir up, up a joke, but there's actually something more serious 
line behind that. And I think that that's something that raises a concern because I know moms like that. You know, I know people like that. This is quite concerning. This is quite worrying because it's become uh, this culture, mommy wine culture. Moms go to the soccer and they're drinking out of like, you know, even could be a water bottle, you know, because it's become this reality. So what have we seen with this? It is quite concerning. Yeah. And, you know, it, um, the media and everybody makes it look so romantic and charming and, you know, uh, a way to connect. You know, mm. I, I really believe that here people, humans really want to connect with others. Mm. And it's this false sense of connection. And, you know, you're absolutely right. Motherhood is the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. And I was using alcohol to manage and tolerate those feelings that mm-hmm. felt, you know, as overwhelmed. I was stressed out. I was, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses and all the things that I felt like I had to do as a mom. How did I look as a mom? Mm. And our culture really has a, um, a certain definition of how we're all supposed to behave, right? Mm. Yeah. And, and that was part of, well, why I wrote the book, um, A Sober Mom's Guide to Recovery. And the tagline is, taking care of ourselves to take care of our kids. Mm. And, you know, I have a chapter in there that's called, you know, super mom. And um, one of the things I learned early in recovery is I had to burn that cape because Mm. there is no such thing. I've always wanted to write a book too, um, how Mm -hmm. to be a perfect mother and you open it and it's blank. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it is back to the the self-care of, you know, taking care of ourselves so we can show up and do the hard work that uh, moms, we do, you know, it's, it's not easy. And so, um, you know, and I, uh, what I do is I help um, moms or women or whoever I'm working with as a coach to find tools that um, when they're feeling Um, you know, like they can't manage and tolerate the feelings or thoughts, or maybe they want to increase the feelings or thoughts um, that they find healthy solutions. Like there's the unhealthy do, Mm -hmm. um, like when I'm stressed out, I would drink. So we, I help come up with like the the healthy do that, Mm. um, you know, that makes you feel good about yourself. Mm. Right. Yeah. So what would that look like if someone if someone came to you, maybe just two examples, uh, if someone came to you and said, okay, I, I want I want to do the good things. I just don't know how, what would that look like? What would be those tool kind of tools, you know, two tools that you would give someone who came to you and said, okay, I'm, I'm working on being in recovery, but I kind of need to replace what I'm, what I'm doing, the, the don't with the do. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a great question. And when I'm working with a client, it's it's individualized, so it's dif- mm-hmm. it's different. But two common things. Uh, one of a big common thing is to get some support. There's so many recovery groups out there mm-hmm. because um, you know I, I'll tell you, as a drinking mother, I wasn't going and advertising how much I was drinking with other people. I would have the smile on. So, but when I went to recovery rooms and I said, wow, I feel really guilty. You know, I drove with my kids in the car or whatever it was, or I screamed and yelled because I was so frustrated. 
um, or I passed out. Other moms would shake their head and go, yeah, I get it. So, you know, the sense mm -hmm. of guilt and shame wouldn't be as big because, um, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't cause this disease. But once we know there's a solution, you know, I look at mothers and tell them, you don't have a choice anymore. You brought those kids into the world and mm. now there is a solution for today. You don't have to drink like yeah. that's one of the solutions I give. Push it out for an hour. OK, I'll drink in an hour. I just keep pushing it out or root for midnight. Um, so it's reach out for help and get the support and learn about the disease. And because you're not a bad person. You just mm. might have a really bad disease. So mm. I help really individualize based on what's going on for them. And I look at their lifestyle and um, I, we just take baby steps. Yeah. And, um, you know, my clients, uh, most I work week to week with. And mm. in between sessions, when they're triggered or they're stressed or whatever's coming up for them, we can get on a quick call and I can help their brain get, you know, back on track. Mm. Um, cause we think when we're in it, whatever it is, the stress, the fear, the anger, the, um, we think it's going to last forever. Mm. But if you pick up a tool and do something different, it does not. Mm. Mm. I love that as well, because that feeling we always say, actually from a psychological perspective, an emotion only lasts for a certain while it's I think like a couple of seconds or it could be a minute to two minutes it's mm -hmm. not you're not always going to be in that moment in that space right. but to react in that emotion is often what leads you to make a bad decision even just in an ordinary situation we always say don't act in emotion right right and and I I look at a lot of the thoughts that are going on for people mm. because um the thoughts um drive the feelings and then often the feelings will drive action or, or actions or, mm. or or act no or doing nothing um so i we look at the thoughts and um i, I really do because it's a brain disease mm. we got to work on that brain and mm. so many triggers can come up so i'm looking at the individual triggers um, that are specific to the client. Mm. Well, and that's so important because everybody's so unique and so different. Mm -hmm. And we want to take a short, short music break. We're going to have this really quickie because I still have so much to ask Rosemary after we get through the song. I know that you want to enjoy some music here on Voice of Change as well. So don't go anywhere because we're going to continue when we get back. So enjoy some music. See you soon. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, Sound Voice of Change today. And if you're just joining us, welcome to the show. But if you have been tuned in right from the beginning, which I hope you have, then you will know what we are talking about. And I also believe that there are many, many people who really need us to really be there for them when they are experiencing what Rosemary and I have been talking about. And it's all about addiction and it's about alcoholism and it's about recovery and we ourselves maybe know a mom who is struggling right now maybe that's why you're tuning in and you're leaning in and going okay how do I help a mom 
you know, that maybe, maybe it's my daughter, maybe it's my friend, maybe it's a cousin, maybe it's just uh, someone, a mom that I see at school that I know is struggling and I can see something's not okay. And Rosemary, that brings me to the asking you that question. Some of us are concerned. You know, you mentioned at the beginning with your story, you had a friend that was saying, you know, you, you've got to get it together. Sometimes we, we bear witness to that and we want to be sensitive. You know, maybe we don't have such a good connection with somebody or could be a family member. We want to be respectful to someone else and and not just go on over and be like, listen, you got to stop drinking because it's not good for you, because that might not be very helpful. How do then we begin to talk about it or speak to someone that we care about, about if we see they are struggling? That's such a great question. And that friend of mine that told me, you know, you better get a hold of yourself. She was the only, I, I, I tell her she saved my life because I, I firmly believe mm. that she saved my life and my friend's life. People were not saying anything because A, like you said, they don't know what to say. They're mm. afraid to say it. It's almost like if someone was like bleeding right in front of your eyes, you wouldn't mm. just keep watching them bleed, right? Right, yeah. You'd say, and they might not even notice it. Like that was the thing. I seriously didn't know what was going on with me. It mm. sounds crazy. Um, but it, it's, I, cause I, when I do interventions with families or companies or whoever calls me when they have a loved one struggling, I keep it very simple. So mm-hmm. here's the simple solution. Mm-hmm. It starts with, a, a a word of how you feel about them. You know, Jane, I just love you. And our friendship is so important to me. And, you know, I, I love so much like X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. So you come from heart Mm -hmm. and, and then you, you, um, deliver a small sentence. Like, you know what? I, I'm really concerned. And, you know, last night I saw you falling down drunk or you come up with a couple of the things in a real gentle voice of what you've seen because what you're doing is you're intervening on denial Mm -hmm. like me i was in complete denial okay Mm -hmm. so you you just give a couple things and you don't go and then you did this and then you did that and blah 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 no you go you know you drove drunk with the kids in the car or you did xyz and then you go into it really scares me and i'm hoping you get some help Mm -hmm. you know there's this number you could call and i'll love you no matter what you choose but right now i'm going to need to step back from our relationship because it's too painful to watch you Mm -hmm. so see addicts and alcoholics have to have consequences Mm-hmm. But we always find people that will um, not be honest with us, that will make excuses for our drinking. They will lie to other people because um, they're just too uncomfortable. Mm. Right. So I intervene on the denial of the family members and and then I help the family members. You know, sometimes people come to me for an intervention um, and maybe the addict or alcoholic doesn't get treatment, but the mm-hmm. family member does. Mm. And, you know, because we're all reacting in the ways we react to the dysfunction of the alcoholic. 
Mm. right? Like for one of my family members, I did everything I could to get in the way. That didn't help. Mm -hmm. Um, And until I finally learned to let go, I knew he knew the answer. But until I finally learned to let go, did he seek some help? But I had just put up some really strict boundaries. Yeah. I love that you mentioning boundaries as well, because that's so important. We don't think often that, well, we do think about it, but I don't think people realize how drinking affects the family members as well. The people that are around you, the people that are looking on the people that are part of your life, there is this reality. And you mentioned something earlier on that I want to come back to, you know, people want connection. And I think that moms want connection as well, want to be part of the other moms, you know, you're going to a party and maybe you're sitting, sitting, you're in a park and you're sitting there together. You want to be part of these women as moms, you, it's like a relationship, you know, you want to be part of, of one another. And sometimes, and I have heard some moms say that because they don't drink, they don't feel often part of the other moms, part of what's happening because the moms often drink at like the parties for the children. And if you don't, you're not part of something. And then that it's almost like there's a peer pressure that still happens, even though you're an adult, you know, and you you have your own children and you, you know, you're trying to steward them through peer pressure, but you have that on you as well. What would you say to someone that experiences that and is feeling that way? Yeah. And because it is the truth, like I did lose some of what I thought were my close friends, but you know, um, I found that they were just my party friends. Mm -hmm. And, um, So, you know, that was a challenge to go through. Like when we're getting sober, there's a lot we have to let go of. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, one thing we have to let go of the drugs or the alcohol that was really, we thought, working for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, again, why um, a recovery group is so important. Like I was so afraid I wasn't going to have fun. So Mm -hmm. I had to find the support groups. I met so many great people. And I've never had such a ball in, in hmm. recovery. And I've traveled and I have these deep, 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 wonderful relationships. I have my own business. I, you know, have written a book, like all these things that I didn't think was possible. Hmm. And and so you can find deep relationships. Hmm. And maybe at first you don't go to the parties until you get really, really you know, either you go with a friend that isn't drinking or you definitely take your own car. You go or you go late and you leave mm-hmm. early. So mm-hmm. you can just show up and connect. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the reality is sometimes I did not get invited to the events and mm-hmm. and yet I help my clients recreate that for mm-hmm. themselves. And you know what I found so funny too? It's like, Oh, I wanted to be invited, but then I really didn't want to go. <laughs> but we want to be invited, yeah. right? Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. And you know, when I look like back that. too, I, there was, you know, I spent so much time drinking. Like, of course I couldn't get things done, right? Mm. Of course yeah. I couldn't write that book. Of course I couldn't, you know, travel like I used to. I mean, I, I couldn't believe how much time I spent drinking. Mm. Wow. I find that it's it's a it's incredible, really, because 
it it sounds simple, doesn't it? When when we're talking about it, like okay, you know, this sounds simple. Like just do this, and and yet, like you said, this is a brain disease, and to understand it, and to face it, and to also walk through it. What are the first steps of recovery? If someone is now saying, okay, I have a problem, and I I I hear you also talking about recovery support groups. Um, you know, what do I do? What is my first steps? If, you know, maybe there's someone listening to us now going, okay, I, I have known for a while I have a problem and people have told me my loved ones care about me. They have told me, but I just don't know how, you know, what are my first steps? Do I find someone to talk to? Do I join a group? What would you say is the first steps to someone that is now saying, I want to make a change? Yeah. And, um, it is to ask for help, whether that is with an in- individual that really understands addiction and recovery um, or join a group because, mm-hmm. you know, as us moms, I'm not too sure how many people are really good at asking for help, mm-hmm. right? Or admitting it. Like, what if I go to that meeting and I see another person there I know? Well, mm-hmm. uh, well, they're there for the same reason, yeah. right? So- <laughs> Definitely asking for help. You cannot do this alone. Hmm. And, you know, I always say it's not about just not drinking. So, like, if it was just about not drinking and recovery was just miserable, yeah. I, I would be drinking. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. But my life got so much better and deeper and richer. And I was having fun eventually. Hmm. And um, my idea of fun just changed. Hmm. That, you know, addiction and alcoholism is progressive. It does get worse. It's not Hmm. a matter of, you know, if. It's a matter of when. And the good news is, though, recovery is progressive. Not that it's always easy. But your life does get better and better and better and better. So absolutely ask for some help from somebody that really understands addiction. Hmm. And that would lead me to ask you as well, if maybe, you know, someone wants to get a copy of your book or they want to reach out to you, you know, to connect or just find out how do I go about doing this? Because it seems so overwhelming. I'm just at the beginning, you know, how do they do that? Well, um, you can go to my website because my book's there. You can order it. Mm -hmm. Um, My email's there. And you can email me. Hmm. So um, it in my website is sober moms, and that's with an S, guide to recovery.com. Hmm. Just like yeah. that. As simple, as simple as that, because I know that the, your book is there and there's a lot that you share on your website as well, which is so yeah, informative. There's, right. There's there's a lot of um, there's a, there's a um, free uh, ebook. Um, to overcoming guilt, which mm-hmm. is a big one. And mm-hmm. then there's some other um, resources on there that are free, or there's some um, courses that you can take as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, whether you buy my book or do one of the courses or whatever, um, at the very least, please reach out to me. I'm, I'm always here to help. Hmm. Please do that. If you are listening today and you're saying, you know what, I want to start the journey and I want to take these steps, please reach out. Please reach out to Rosemary as well. Her website is so incredible. 
And I reached out to her via the website not for this interview, not for anything else, but to say hi. And Rosemary loves responding. And that's so cool. And that brings me to asking you, Rosemary, I want to say firstly, thank you for being here today because it's been such a blessing. It's been so great to be hearing from you and what you're talking about. But also, you know, I, I just know and see all the things that you are doing, been reading your website now, connecting with you during the interview. You are living like your best life now. You know, it's just so incredible. Like you said, life now, it's it's fun. And you've been living your dreams and fulfilling those things that you wanted to do. You don't need alcohol to be able to do that. It holds you back, which brings right. me to asking you, what would be your final message to moms as we end off the show today? you know, maybe uh, moms that are struggling or feeling overwhelmed, being lured into thinking maybe alcohol is going to help me or maybe I, have, I am going down that road already. What would be your message to them today? Well, there are millions and millions of moms all over the world that have been where you're at and you don't have, it doesn't have to be like this anymore. So reach out. Um, I'm no different than you and you know your whole world is out there and there's a lot of great things um, available to you so be really good to yourself just really I call it exquisite self-care thank you so much Rosemary and the self-care is so awesome I read a beautiful quote last week that said taking care of yourself is not about saying me first it's about saying me too and I love that and so on that note thank you so much for being with me today and I just wish you all the best for everything that you're going to be doing the rest of the year halfway through the year already but the rest of the year and and all these amazing work that all the amazing work that you're doing with children and moms and parents and families it's so incredible so thank you so much well thank you so much it's been a pleasure really appreciate it. Rosemary, it is so good to have you with me today. I'm really, really looking forward to our conversation. And also, I am really looking forward to inform the listeners about what we're going to be sharing today. We're going to be talking about overcoming addiction. We're going to be talking about motherhood and alcoholism. We're going to be talking about a lot of those things. And I think that the listeners are going to be really, really keen. But before we get into that, thank you so much for being with me today. It's such a treat and welcome to the show. Uh, well, thanks for having me. I, yeah, I always look forward to um, connecting with other people doing fabulous work in the world. So, mm. yeah. Well, thank you. It's gonna it's gonna be great. I think you know today you help so many moms and also not just moms, children as well. But for today's show, I know we're going to be talking about moms and. You help so many moms overcome addiction, you know, and just those who are in recovery as well. But you have your own story of recovery. And I guess that's maybe where this everything, you know, kind of sprouted out from, if we could say, tell us a bit about your own story. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, gosh. Uh, <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I grew up with all the privileges a girl could want and a wonderful family and um, I um, you know I come from a legacy of high-functioning alcoholics which means on the outside everything looks good but inside normally there's a lot of um, uh, trauma that's gone on internally 
Mm-hmm. And so long story short, um, I was married. I had two or I had three kids. They were two, five and eight. And we were separated. And um, just all the feelings that came up, the fear, the um, anger, the, you know, how was I going to raise these kids on my own? Um, you know, it, my last drink was, um, I, I hired, get a load of this. My kids were two, five and eight. Mm-hmm. I hired a 10 year old babysitter, um, mm-hmm. to come watch my kids. I left at 7 PM and said, I'd be le- back in a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Well, long story short, I didn't come home and I ended up in, you know, a stranger's bed Mm. And um, I walked through the door the next day and, um, you know, there sat my three kids with their big eyes, um, you know, mouth open. And, you know, I was still drunk. I had gone to this fancy ball the night before. So I still mm. had on this sequin, sequin dress that had throw up all over it. Um, mm. I had one shoe. My hair was in shambles. And... Um, you know, that's not the kind of mother I set out to be. Hmm. I loved my children more than life itself. And um, I would do anything for those kids. Hmm. And, um, you know, my soon-to-be ex-husband was there, uh, my best friend. And I just was filled with this guilt, remorse, and shame, and fear. And my ex-husband to be um said okay come on kids gather your stuff we're going to my house and and my also my best friend looked at me and said you've got to get a hold of yourself and Mm -hmm. so then my little five-year-old uh he grabbed a hold of my leg and he looked up with his big blue eyes into my eyes and said mommy are you okay Mm -hmm. and i said no i'm not and that was the first time i felt like i really got honest with another person and so that was the end of my drinking. Um, you know, I I was like the soccer mom. I was very involved in the kids' mm. lives and still had friends, a good job. And I couldn't understand why inside I was so miserable. I knew nothing about alcoholism or addiction mm. until I decided to get sober. Mm. So, wow. so that began yeah, the journey. That, that, yeah, that night, one just one last thing, that night I said to myself, if I don't do something now, um, you know, I'll never do it. And because there were many, many times I said, oh, I'll never drink again. I'll never drink again. And then five o'clock rolled around and um, I was drinking. Hmm. Yeah. It's so incredible, though, that you said it was the first time you had been honest with yourself and it was, you know, that moment with your child a five-year-old you're a five-year-old and it's people think that it has to be that you kind of only get honest when you sometimes go to an AA meeting or you know when you're around other people but there could be you know many many different realities that bring you to that point right mm-hmm. yeah good point I think it was just you know looking into these just connecting with him and knowing I didn't want to be that kind of mother and I was you know trying to pretend I was fine Mm. and there was just something in that moment I mean normally I would have said oh no mommy's fine right but I don't know the words came out of my mouth when I looked at him and said mommy's not fine Mm. and um 
you know, it was just this horrific moment in the house and the kids were crying and I was crying and my ex was shaking his head at me. I mean, it was just like a tornado. I mean, I can mm -hmm. literally still feel it in my body yeah. almost 23 years later. That's how, um, mm. yeah. Mm. The depth of it is still there. We always say, and I know that there's that great book called Your Body Keeps the Score. Oh, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And those moments that happen in our lives and we feel it, like you said, I know many people and I have friends that say they know exactly where they were friends in the States that say they know exactly where they were on nine 11, even though they weren't in New York. Right. You can still remember that moment because it was such a traumatic moment for a nation. Right. And yeah, it's kind of like saying, you know, your body remembers, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, you were saying, you know, alcoholism and addiction, they are root causes of these things. And oftentimes it's in our family as well. So was that something that you had to look at, you know, definitely like with your family, where does this come from looking deeper inside? Absolutely. Um, you know, I thought that a drug addict or an alcoholic was the guy on the park bench with the bottle you know, in, mm. in the bag and um, homeless. And mm. I knew nothing about it. I mean, we do know, thank God, with science and all the research that it is a brain disease. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it just is in the lineage of my family. But because on the outside, everything looks so good, um, I, I, I didn't understand it. So I made a commitment to myself in the first year that um, I would do everything I could to learn about this disease. And mm. um, I didn't think I had it, but I was talking to my mentor at that time. And I said, you know, well, some days I can have nothing to drink. Some days I can just have two. And then other days, I don't know, I ended up with 10 or 20. I lose count. And mm. she said, um, and I was kind of arguing with her. No, I don't have a problem because I can, you know, manage it or... I can go for X amount of days or whatever and not drink. But it the thing is, it's not about how much hmm. or how often you drink. It's about what happens when you drink. Yeah. So she had asked me, she said, okay, Rosemary, when you wake up in the morning, do you know if it's going to be a zero day drink or a 10 day drink? And I thought, oh my gosh, I could really feel that the draw to it that it was choosing me if that, I mean, I know that's, yeah. well, I knew I couldn't control it. That that's the point. And mm. the fact that I felt like I couldn't control it really scared me, really scared me. Mm. Wow. That's so, that's, it's, I think this is so important. And, and what I've also heard from, you know, if we go over to motherhood as well, there are so many moms that say, you know, motherhood is hard and I'm taking care of my children. I don't re you know, there kind of becomes that off balance where you're not taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes easy because you're feeling overwhelmed to kind of fall into kind of behaviors that become behaviors of addiction. Like you said, behaviors right. where it's controlling you and you're not in control. So you might just go to, a, a, you know, a, a game with um, other moms and then suddenly, you know, there's alcohol there. And that's something that we've seen a lot of, aren't we, now with motherhood. We've seen that this almost this mommy wine culture has become very, 
you know, kind of prevalent, I want to say, because we see T-shirts when we go to the shop, you know, about this mommy was holding the the wine and these jokes and these memes and social media and these moms with, with you know, sitting in their closet like drinking and it's like quite funny. It's supposed to stir up, up a joke, but there's actually something more serious line behind that. And I think that that's something that raises a concern because I know moms like that. You know, I know people like that. This is quite concerning. This is quite worrying because it's become uh, this culture, mommy wine culture. Moms go to the soccer and they're drinking out of like, you know, even could be a water bottle, you know, because it's become this reality. So what are we seeing with this? It is quite concerning. Yeah. And, you know, it, um, the media and everybody makes it look so romantic and charming and, you know, uh, a way to connect. You know, mm. I, I really believe that here people, humans really want to connect with others. Mm. And it's this false sense of connection. And, you know, you're absolutely right. Motherhood is the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. And I was using alcohol to manage and tolerate those feelings that mm-hmm. felt, you know, as overwhelmed, I was stressed out. I was, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses and all the things that I felt like I had to do as a mom. How did I look as a mom? Mm. And our culture really has a, um, a certain definition of how we're all supposed to behave, right? Mm. Yeah. And, and that was part of, well, why I wrote the book, um, A Sober Mom's Guide to Recovery. And the tagline is, taking care of ourselves to take care of our kids. Mm. And, you know, I have a chapter in there that's called, you know, super mom. And um, one of the things I learned early in recovery is I had to burn that cape because Mm. there is no such thing. I've always wanted to write a book too, um, how Mm -hmm. to be a perfect mother and you open it and it's blank. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it is back to the the self-care of, you know, taking care of ourselves so we can show up and do the hard work that uh, moms, we do, you know, yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. not easy. And so, um, you know, and I, uh, what I do is I help um, moms or women or whoever I'm working with as a coach to find tools that um, when they're feeling Um, you know, like they can't manage and tolerate the feelings or thoughts, or maybe they want to increase the feelings or thoughts um, that they find healthy solutions. Like there's the unhealthy do, Mm -hmm. um, like when I'm stressed out, I would drink. So we, I help come up with like the the healthy do that, Mm. um, you know, that makes you feel good about yourself. Mm. Right. Yeah. So what would that look like if someone, if someone came to you, maybe just two examples, uh, if someone came to you and said, okay, I, I want, I want to do the good things. I just don't know how, what would that look like? What would be those tool kind of tools, you know, two tools that you would give someone who came to you and said, okay, I'm, I'm working on being in recovery, but I kind of need to replace what I'm, what I'm doing, the, the don't with the do. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a great question. And when I'm working with a client, it's it's individualized, so it's di- mm-hmm. it's different. But two common things. Uh, one of a big common thing is to get some support. There's so many recovery groups out there mm-hmm. because um, 
you know, I'll tell you, as a drinking mother, I wasn't going and advertising how much I was drinking with other people. I had the smile on. So, but when I went to recovery rooms and I said, wow, I feel really guilty. You know, I drove with my kids in the car or whatever it was, or I screamed and yelled because I was so frustrated um, or I passed out. Other moms would shake their head and go, yeah, I get it. So, you know, the sense Mm -hmm. of guilt and shame wouldn't be as big. Um, Because, you know, we didn't cause this disease, but once we know there's a solution, you know, I look at mothers and tell them, you don't have a choice anymore. You brought those kids into the world and Mm. now there is a solution for today. You don't have to drink like that's one of the solutions I give. Push it out for an hour. Okay, I'll drink in an hour. I'll just keep pushing it out or root for midnight. Um, So it's reach out for help and get the support and learn about the disease. And because you're not a bad person, you Mm. just might have a really bad disease. So Mm. I help really individualize based on what's going on for them. And I look at their lifestyle and um, we just take baby steps. Yeah. And, um, you know, my clients, uh, most I work week to week with and Mm. in between sessions, when they're triggered or they're stressed or whatever's coming up for them, we can get on a quick call and I can help their brain get, you know, back on track. Mm. Um, Cause we think when we're in it, whatever it is, the stress, the fear, the anger, the, um, we think it's going to last forever. Mm. But if you pick up a tool and do something different, it does not. Mm. Mm. I love that as well, because that feeling we always say actually from a psychological perspective an emotion only lasts for a certain while it's i think like a couple of seconds it could be a minute to two minutes it's Mm -hmm. not you're not always going to be in that moment in that space but to react in that emotion is often what leads you to make a bad decision even just in an ordinary situation we always say don't act in emotion right Right. And and I, I look at a lot of the thoughts that are going on for people mm. because um, the thoughts um, drive the feelings and then often the feelings will drive action or, or actions or, mm. or, or act no or doing nothing. Um, so I, we look at the thoughts and um, I, I really do because it's a brain disease. Mm. We got to work on that brain and mm. so many triggers can come up. So I'm looking at the individual triggers um, that are specific to the client. Mm. Well, and that's so important because everybody's so unique and so different. And we want to take a short, short music break. We're going to have this really quickie because I still have so much to ask Rosemary after we get through the song. I know that you want to enjoy some music here on Voice of Change as well. So don't go anywhere because we're going to continue when we get back. So enjoy some music. See you soon. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, Sound Voice of Change today. And if you're just joining us, welcome to the show. But if you have been tuned in right from the beginning, which I hope you have, then you will know what we are talking about. And I also believe that there are many, many people who really need us to 
really be there for them when they are experiencing what Rosemary and I have been talking about. And it's all about addiction and it's about alcoholism and it's about recovery. And we ourselves maybe know a mom who is struggling right now. Maybe that's why you're tuning in and you're leaning in and going, okay, how do I help a mom? You know, that maybe, maybe it's my daughter, maybe it's my friend, maybe it's a cousin, maybe it's just uh, someone, a mom that I see at school that I know is struggling and I can see something's not okay. And Rosemary, that brings me to the asking you that question. Some of us are concerned. You know, you mentioned at the beginning with your story, you had a friend that was saying, you know, you've, you've got to get it together. Sometimes we, we bear witness to that and we want to be sensitive, you know, maybe we don't have such a good connection with somebody or could be a family member. We want to be respectful to someone else and and not just go on over and be like, listen, you got to stop drinking because it's not good for you, because that might not be very helpful. How did then we begin to talk about it or speak to someone that we care about, about that's if we see they are struggling? That's such a great question. And that friend of mine that told me, you know, you better get a hold of yourself. She was the only, I, I, I tell her she saved my life because I, I firmly believe mm. that she saved my life and my friend's life. People were not saying anything because A, like you said, they don't know what to say. They're mm. afraid to say it. It's almost like if someone was like bleeding right in front of your eyes, you wouldn't mm. just keep watching them bleed, right? Right, yeah. You'd say, and they might not even notice it. Like that was the thing. I seriously didn't know what was going on with me. It mm. sounds crazy. Um, but it, it's, I, cause I, when I do interventions with families or companies or whoever calls me when they have a loved one struggling, I keep it very simple. So mm -hmm. here's the simple solution. Mm -hmm. It starts with, a, a a word of how you feel about them. You know, Jane, I just love you. And our friendship is so important to me. And, you know, I, I love so much like X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. So you come from heart mm -hmm. and, and then you, you, um, deliver a small sentence. Like, you know what? I, I'm really concerned. And, you know, last night I saw you falling down drunk or, you come up with a couple of the things in a real gentle voice of what you've seen, because what you're doing is you're intervening on denial. Mm -hmm. Like me, I was in complete denial. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you, you just give a couple things and you don't go, and then you did this and then you did that and blah, blah, blah. No, you'll go, you know, you drove drunk with the kids in the car or you did X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. And then you go into it really scares me and I'm hoping you get some help. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this number you could call and I'll love you no matter what you choose. But right now I'm going to need to step back from our relationship because it's too painful to watch you. Mm -hmm. So see addicts and alcoholics have to have consequences, mm -hmm. but we always find people that will um, not be honest with us, that will make excuses for our drinking. They will lie to other people because um, they're just too uncomfortable. Mm. Right. So I intervene on the denial of the family members. 
and and then I help the family members. You know, sometimes people come to me for an intervention, um, and maybe the addict or alcoholic doesn't get treatment, but the mm-hmm. family member does. Mm-hmm. And you know, because we're all reacting in the ways we react to the dysfunction of the alcoholic, mm-hmm. right? Like for yeah. one of my family members, I did everything I could to get in the way. That didn't help. Mm-hmm. Um, and until I finally learned to let go, I knew he knew the answer, but until I finally learned to let go, did he seek some help? But I had just put up some really oh. strict boundaries. Yeah. Mm. I love that you mentioned boundaries as well, because that's so important. We don't think often that, well, we do think about it, but I don't think people realize how drinking affects the family members as well. The people that are around you, the people that are looking on the people that are part of your life, there is this reality. And you mentioned something earlier on that I want to come back to, you know, people want connection. And I think that moms want connection as well, want to be part of the other moms, you know, you're going to a party and maybe you're sitting, sitting, you're in a park and you're sitting there together. You want to be part of these women as moms, you, it's like a relationship, you know, you want to be part of, of one another. And sometimes, and I have heard some moms say that because they don't drink, they don't feel often part of the other moms, part of what's happening because the moms often drink at like the parties for the children. And if you don't, you're not part of something. And then that it's almost like there's a peer pressure that still happens, even though you're an adult, you know, and you you have your own children and you, you know, you're trying to steward them through peer pressure, but you have that on you as well. What would you say to someone that experiences that and is feeling that way? Yeah. And because it is the truth, like I did lose some of what I thought were my close friends, but you know, um, I found that they were just my party friends. Mm. And, um, so, you know, that was a challenge to go through. Like when we're getting sober, there's a lot we have to let go of. Um, mm. You know, one thing we have to let go of the drugs or the alcohol that was really, we thought working for a while. Mm. Um, and that's again, why um, a recovery group is so important. Like I was so afraid I wasn't gonna have fun. So mm. I had to find the support groups. I met so many great people and I've never had such a ball in, in hmm. recovery and I've traveled and I have these deep, 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 wonderful relationships. I have my own business. I, you know, have written a book, like all these things that I didn't think was possible. Hmm. And, and so you can find deep relationships hmm. and maybe at first you don't go to the parties until you get really, really you know, either you go with a friend that isn't drinking or you definitely take your own car. You go or you go late and you leave mm-hmm. early. So mm-hmm. you can just show up and connect. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the reality is sometimes I did not get invited to the events and yeah. and yet I help my clients recreate that for mm-hmm. themselves. And you know what I found so funny too? It's like, Oh, I wanted to be invited, but then I really didn't want to go. <laughs> but we want to be invited. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and when I look like back that. too, I, there was, you know, I spent so much time drinking. Like, of course, I couldn't get things done 
right? Mm-hmm. Of course yeah. I couldn't write that book. Of course I couldn't, you know, travel like I used to. I mean, I, I couldn't believe how much time I'd spent drinking. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I find that it's, it's, a, it's incredible, really, because... It, it sounds simple, doesn't it? When, when we're talking about it, like, okay, you know, this sounds simple, like just do this. And, and yet, like you said, this is a brain disease and to understand it and to face it and to also walk through it. What are the first steps of recovery? If someone is now saying, okay, I have a problem and I, I, I hear you also talking about recovery support groups. Um, you know, what do I do? What is my first steps? If, you know, maybe there's someone listening to us now going, okay, I, I have known for a while I have a problem and people have told me my loved ones care about me. They have told me, but I just don't know how, you know, what are my first steps? Do I find someone to talk to? Do I join a group? What would you say is the first steps to someone that is now saying, I want to make a change. Yeah. And um, it is to ask for help, whether that is with an individual that really understands addiction and recovery um, or join a group because, Mm -hmm. you know, as us moms, I'm not too sure how many people are really good at asking for help, Mm -hmm. right? Or admitting it. Like, what if I go to that meeting and I see another person there I know well Mm. uh, well they're there for the same reason yeah right so (laughs) definitely asking for help you cannot do this alone Hmm. and you know I always say it's not about just not drinking so like if it was just about not drinking and recovery was just miserable Mm. I I would be drinking. Yeah, (laughs) let's be honest. But my life got so much better and deeper and richer. And I was having fun eventually. Mm. And uh, my idea of fun just changed Mm. that, you know, addiction and alcoholism is progressive, it does get worse. It's not Mm. a matter of you know, if it's a matter of when and the good news is though, recovery is progressive. Not that it's always easy, but your life does get better and better and better and better. So absolutely ask for some help from somebody that really understands addiction. Hmm. And that would lead me to ask you as well, if maybe, you know, someone wants to get a copy of your book or they want to reach out to you, you know, to connect or just find out how do I go about doing this? Because it seems so overwhelming. I'm just at the beginning, you know, how do they do that? Well, um, you can go to my website because my book's there. You can order it. Mm-hmm. Um, my email's there and you can email me. Mm-hmm. So um, it, and my website is Sober Moms, and that's with an S, Guide to Recovery.com. Hmm. Just like yeah. that, as simple as simple as that, because I know that the, your book is there and there's a lot that you share on your website as well, which is so yeah, informative. There's, right. There's there's a lot of um, there's a, there's a um, free uh, ebook um, to overcoming guilt, which mm-hmm. is a big one. And mm-hmm. then there's some other um, resources on there that are free or there's some um, courses that you can take as well. Mm. So I'm, you know, whether you buy my book or do one of the courses or whatever, 
um, at the very least, please reach out to me. I'm, I'm always here to help. Hmm. Please do that. If you are listening today and you're saying, you know what, I want to start the journey and I want to take these steps, please reach out. Please reach out to Rosemary as well. Her website is so incredible. And I reached out to her via the website, not for this interview, not for anything else, but to say hi. And Rosemary loves responding. And that's so cool. And that brings me to asking you, Rosemary, I want to say firstly, thank you for being here today because it's been such a blessing. It's been so great to be hearing from you and what you're talking about, but also, you know, I, I just know and see all the things that you are doing, been reading your website now, connecting with you during the interview. You are living like your best life now. You know, it's just so incredible. Like you said, life now, it's it's fun. And you've been living your dreams and fulfilling those things that you wanted to do. You don't need alcohol to be able to do that. It holds you back, which brings right. me to asking you, what would be your final message to moms as we end off the show today? you know, maybe moms that are struggling or feeling overwhelmed, being lured into thinking maybe alcohol is going to help me or maybe I I am going down that road already. What would be your message to them today? Well, there are millions and millions of moms all over the world that have been where you're at and you don't have, it doesn't have to be like this anymore. So reach out. Um, I'm no different than you and you know your whole world is out there and there's a lot of great things um, available to you so be really good to yourself just really I call it exquisite self-care thank you so much Rosemary and the self-care is so awesome I read a beautiful quote last week that said taking care of yourself is not about saying me First, it's about saying me too. And I love that. And so on that note, thank you so much for being with me today. And I just wish you all the best for everything that you're going to be doing the rest of the year, halfway through the year already, but the rest of the year and and all these amazing work, all the amazing work that you're doing with children and moms and parents and families. It's so incredible. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. I'm so, so grateful that Rosemary was with me today because to hear her story and to just see how wonderfully she is living life is so inspiring to me because I know that there are a number of women that I know and that maybe you know who are caught up in cycles of addiction. And sometimes it's alcohol, sometimes it's substance addiction, whatever that may look like. It is a reality. For some of us, it's family members. For others of us, it's friends. For some of us, maybe we've lost family members who were alcoholics and, you know, maybe their bodies didn't cope well. For others, maybe they lost their lives due to substance abuse. Whatever it may be, we know today that this is a big reality that is facing our world. And yes, statistics are telling us that during the past two years with COVID, we know that alcoholism has increased, drinking has increased, and we know that when times get tough, sometimes when people are feeling overwhelmed, they do turn to kind of substances or alcohol as a way to just cope. But today we are really saying to you that does not have to be the way that you need to go. And really, especially to moms, we really want to say today that if you are struggling, maybe you are feeling overwhelmed, and and, and we do know that there is guilt and shame that you feel as well. 
but do please reach out. There are so many places to reach out to. There are loads of groups as well that are there for recovered moms, moms who are in recovery, moms who are also on that journey, whether it be at the beginning, the middle, somewhere in between, there are wonderful groups out there. Now, I know that you're probably thinking, where can I find these groups and how do I get in touch with people? You know, please do, even like we said, get in touch with Rosemary. I know that she is in the States, but she can definitely help you and, you know, just give you maybe some guidance or some tools on how to begin. There are also some wonderful groups on social media for recovered moms, moms in recovery, different kinds of groups. But in all, the reality is that I want you to know today, if you are listening and you firstly have a loved one that you are concerned about. I want to say to you, you have that feeling for them because you care about them and that's okay. You know, you have that feeling for them because you care about their life and you care about their children. You care about their marriage and you care about them as a person and it's okay to feel that way. I know maybe you've been praying prayers that you know they will just wake up, your family members will just wake up, or that God will save them or God will do something. Don't stop praying because that's really important. And if you feel led to please reach out to them and say, just like Rosemary told us, say it with care and love. Hey, I'm concerned about you, I'm cared about you. I'm saying this because I really feel that you know, what you're doing is scary and it's it's harmful. So how can I help you? And you really need to get some help. And if maybe you're listening in and you are saying, well, actually, that's me. I'm a mom and I have a lot of guilt because I feel like alcohol helps me cope. Well, then I want to say to you today, you are not alone. You are not a failure because this is your reality. And I know that the guilt and the shame is big. But do also reach out to someone. Speak to someone. People are not, you know, here to judge you. But people are here to just come alongside you. The right people will want to come alongside you. We all struggle with things. We all get overwhelmed sometimes. And we all have sometimes destructive coping mechanisms. And alcoholism is one of those things as well as the brain disease that we were talking about earlier. So please don't do it alone. Get help. Get support. People do care about you. And there will be wonderful people that will come alongside you to help you in your journey. And so on that note, I want to say, may God bless you. May he keep you, make his face to shine upon you in your life right now. And may he give you such deep peace. I pray that this show has been a blessing to you. Until next week, take care and God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.